0: How did you get in here without a wedding garment? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In our gospel lesson this morning, we read what's referred to as the parable of the wedding feast. And we've actually seen this parable already in the Trinity season. We get it on the second Sunday after Trinity, where we read Luke's version of it from Luke chapter 14. And there's definitely a lot of similarities between these two accounts, but Matthew has a few unique things to his telling of it. And I would say that these unique things make Matthew's account a bit more harsh. And some of this harshness is difficult because it doesn't, it doesn't immediately line up with what we might initially think or immediately perceive about Jesus, or at least our preconceived notions of Jesus. And I think... What I, what I kind of mean by that is culturally we've arrived at the point where we're very adverse or very opposed to any talk of judgment. And the first and the unique or harsh, judgmental, let's say, things in Matthew's account comes after the king is now on two occasions called those who were invited to the feast to come, but they ignored it both times. The first time it says they simply paid no attention, and the second time... They make excuses. They give reasons as to why they can't come. So the text says they made light of the invitation. One went to his farm, another to his business. Some even killed the servants delivering the message that the feast was prepared. And to this, the king responds very violently. He gets upset and he sends his troops and kills those who rejected the invite and burns down the entire city. And then the second unusual and kind of harsh thing in Matthew's telling comes at the very end with this vignette. And that's where a man who had been part of the replacement group, let's say, of invitees, he shows up, but apparently he's not dressed properly. Apparently he's underdressed. And this leads to the telling of some of, at least what I think are the most haunting words in the Bible. So the king says to the man, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? Bind this man hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, so what do we do with this here? Well, I think we have to start with the context. And the context comes, is that this parable comes right after the parable of the wicked tenants. This was the one, if you remember, where the master had leased out his vineyard to some tenants. And then when vintage time came, he sent some people there. So uh, he sent servants to collect the fruit, but the tenants beat and kill the servants. And then the master says, okay, well, I'll send my son. But then they even kill the son. And then Jesus asked the Jewish leaders, he says, when the owner of the vineyard arrives, what's he going to do with these tenants? And they say to Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death, and let out the vineyard to other tenants who would give him the fruits in their seasons. But then the Jewish religious leaders realize, like, oh shoot, he's talking about us. And then so then Jesus says to them, therefore I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. So that's the context of this parable. So given that, on one level this parable seems to refer specifically to Israel, so Israel was God's chosen people. They were the first round, let's say, of privileged invitees. But when the feast had been prepared for the king, when the feast which had been prepared for the king's son is ready, they ignore it. And not only do they ignore it, but some respond respond with opposition to it. And for this reason God responds with severe punishment, symbolically represented in this image of burning down the entire city. God judges Israel because she missed her time. She missed her hour of visitation. So in this interpretation, then, the second group of invitees would be us, the Gentiles. But then there's this whole ordeal about the proper wedding attire, which, I mean, if, we ha- if we're being honest, it's a bit troubling. I think it's a little difficult to understand. It seems, again, hard to understand, hard to think, that after inviting the second group of people from the streets mind you. That the king would fault one of them for not being adequately dressed and then order that he be bound and thrown into the place of the outer darkness, which is the place of the damned. It's hard to imagine this, but I think then on the other hand, and I think what the real intention with this vignette is, is that I think it's intended to show that the, in the same way that the first group was not spared from judgment, so the second group will also not be spared from judgment. I think that's the point. God will judge both the first and the second group, both Jews and Gentiles. It doesn't matter which group you're from. All of those who do not meet the requirements of the invitation will be judged. So in this sense, we see that this parable is not only directed to Israel for failing to meet the requirements, but it's also directed to the second group. It's also directed to us. St. Paul addresses this issue with this warning of judgment in Romans chapter 11. He's speaking to the church there in Rome, which was comprised of Jew and Gentile Christians. And I've quoted this before, but it bears repeating. Paul says, if some of the branches were broken off and you, meaning you Gentile, a wild olive shoot were grafted in their place to share in the riches of the olive tree, you will say, Branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you, Gentile, stand fast only through faith. And you, Gentile, do not become proud, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, the Jews, neither will he spare you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too, Gentile, will be cut off. Notice then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but kindness towards you. I think what Paul is addressing here, as well as what Jesus is addressing with this vignette about the wedding garment, is this very common, very pervasive idea that we see in Christianity, which says there's a little bit of nuance to it, but I think when you think about it, you realize how true it is. So it's this idea in Christianity that says, because I have received this as a gift of grace, what that means now is that nothing is required of me. So because I receive this as a gift of grace, what that means is that there are no requirements. But this parable that we read this morning is one of the many places in the scriptures that teach something very different. The biblical teaching is this, Those who don't meet the requirements of covenantal membership lose their place. And that sounds harsh. It really does. It scares me. But it's what the Bible teaches. As we see in this parable, it doesn't matter which group of invitees that you're part of. If you're the natural branch or the wild one grafted in, as Paul says, it's possible for both to be cut off. It's pretty clear again, it feels difficult to say this, but it seems that that's what Jesus is teaching with this parable, that regardless of what group you're part of, all of those who neglect the call of God, all of those who neglect the requirements of God, will be judged. Specifically here in this parable, the teaching is that all those who neglect the call of God will be subjected to exclusion, to punishment, and to replacement. So then the question naturally is, or at least my question then is, okay, uh, well, what's then the requirement? What's, What's the requirement as taught in this parable? What is the sin that needs to be avoided here so as to avoid exclusion, punishment, and replacement? And here it's actually pretty simple, which is relieving. It's pretty simple. The text says that they made light of the invitation. So that's the thing here, be it from people who didn't go, or people who didn't take it seriously enough to go home and change first. The sin here is making light of. So very simply, I think this parable challenges us to take our faith seriously. That's all. It's not, it's not that you have to do a bunch of good works or something like that, or if not, then you'll be cut off. That's, that's not what it's saying. But you do simply need to take this whole thing seriously. You have to recognize the gravity of the situation. You have to recognize what at stake as Jesus says you have to count the cost and take it seriously. You can't let your worldly pursuits, your business, your farm, whatever it might be, you can't let those things get in the way. And then the second but then very related sin or requirement, let's say, that's addressed here, is the sin of presumption. It's the sin of presumption which leads to the making light of. It's the presumptive attitude of the heart which says, it's fine, I don't have to worry about that. I just have a lot going on with work and kids and sports. I just have a lot going on. I don't have to really worry about that. I'm just really busy. It's the attitude which neglects the voice of God and says instead, no, it'll be fine. I know that I should go home and change first. I know I should do that so as to not insult the king who invited me. But he won't care if I don't. I know that I should do the basic things that the faith asks of me. Be present at Mass, make regular confessions, read the Bible, pray, tithe, love your neighbor. Again, nothing sexy, just the basic things. I know I should do those things but God won't care if I don't. It's okay. I think that's the underlying attitude that this parable is addressing. And what we're talking about ultimately is on whose terms is this whole thing? On whose terms is Christianity? On whose terms do we have faith? And the reality is, is that we can't have God on our own terms. Yes, the invite or the invitation, is free, completely free, completely a gift of grace. We can't do anything to merit that. We can't do anything to earn that. It comes to us as a gift of grace. But it also comes with terms and conditions and requirements that God places on it as he pleases. He can do whatever he wants. And if we presume, and if we act as though there are no requirements, if we neglect our responsibilities and we try to have it on our own terms we try to make our faith what we want it to be what just fits nicely into our life then it's just jesus says here that if we do that if we take it for granted make light of it then our privileged status could be forfeited So I think this is the challenge, which is, we have to remember, that's always what Jesus is trying to do with his parables. He's challenging us. He's being harsh so that you actually stop what you're doing and think. And that's what Jesus is challenging us here. He wants us to think about the ways in which we are perhaps making light of. He wants us to think about the ways in which we are neglecting the call of God, neglecting what God is requiring of us. And that's it. So think about that. Think about what God is calling you to. Think about what he's requiring of you. And think about some of the things that might be getting in the way of that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.